When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
folks, damn, that got you started with a bang, huh? Can you hear my toilet in the background? I think my toilet's running. Hey, by the way, it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. You, if you are listening right now, you have made it four-fifths. I usually say 80%, but I've learned other ways to describe math. Four-fifths of the way through the week. So you're you're done. Like I always say at this point, you can mentally clock out. In fact, your bosses expect that of you. So do not feel guilty or bad at all. Um, let's see, it's 11.53 p.m. on Wednesday night, and it has been a busy as hell week, folks. Like, I'm doing everything I want to do, but it's so busy. Like, I had so many meetings today, like podcast-related meetings, and I got to get my headshots finally on Saturday because my face is healed again. Because remember, I kept doing beard dye, which... <laughs> By the way, I tell you guys too many personal things, and then people use it against me in comment sections. <laughs> I, I really love when they get personal. I'm like, wait, I don't know you, and you know everything about me, and you throw, like, you're like, you were crying over Taylor Hawkins from Food Fighters the other day, and your beer. I'm like, what? This is way too personal. I don't know anything about you. Um, this is such a weird... This is such a weird job, you guys, and I love every single moment of it. Uh, I hope you guys have had a good week so far. Um, let's see. Today we have a guest, Gabrielle Bluestone. I was going to put her out last week. We did this a week and a half ago now, but she did um, the uh, who's the uh, actress from Grey's Anatomy, the lead, the, the 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 head actress. I've got to. I just have to have somebody next to me at all times now, and I go, "Who's the the head actress from Grey's Anatomy?" And they'll just yell it to me instead of me. You can hear me typing on the computer. This is going to be an easy one. Ah, Ellen Pompeo. She, uh, Gabrielle did Ellen Pompeo's podcast last week, and I figured, you know what? I'm not going to release the day after Ellen Pompeo's um, podcast because I don't want to take take the uh, you know take the the wind out of the sails of Ellen Pompeo because I'm definitely way more known than the lead actress of 18 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> So I figure I'd give it a week waiting, like a little breathing room so Ellen can really, you know, enjoy uh, all of Gabrielle's magic without me trying to horn in on that attention. But Gabrielle Bluestone, if you don't know her, she is one of my favorite writers. Uh, wasn't Carrie great with the Summer House recap yesterday? I just, I do want to, I just do want to point out something. I know I have like a primarily female audience. I know I have some dudes out there. What's up, dudes? Hey, we're small but mighty. And we're emotional, we're emotional, sensitive men, just like Luke and Andrea from Summer House. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, so needs me, Andrea. I'm so sad. My heart wants to feel things. Um, but I, I, I want to point out, like, like, look how I just always like, it's like everything that I love to read is usually written by women. Like, you know, the thought that the people writing the pieces that I love are all kind of written by women. All of the shows that I watch on TV are about women. The music that I love, you know, it's that's kind of a mixture of men and women. But I'm just saying, like, you guys fucking... You, this, this is your time. Like, this is... You guys are literally, I think, the best tastemakers, you know, thought catalogs, all of this stuff that gets me so excited, and, and I get the opportunity to talk to these people. Gabrielle um, was on the show in January, and I asked her back immediately because I just geek out about this stuff. I just geek out about the way her mind works. Um, it, it just... I, 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 I just have so many, there's so many questions I didn't even get to today because 
Uh, and I just hope she'll keep coming back because she keeps writing these kind of brilliant, um, I think, pieces of 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 people that you're just like, whoa, how did this, this went down? And it kind of like, there's like a scammer element to one of them. We have a Dumois article we talk about today in one of them. But she's just truly, I think, at the forefront of things that we should care about and things that we should read about. And, you know, I got to tell you, it just makes you feel smart. So, <laughs> Uh, her website, you guys, is www.gabriellebluestone. It's like it's Gabrielle Blue Stone, but it's not .com. It's um, I really do need just somebody to sit with. Me. It's Gabrielle Blue. So it's G A B R I E L L E B L U E S T dot O N E. So Gabrielle Bluestone, but the dot is before the O-N-E. But you can go there, and there's so much of her writing there, so much of her Firefest stuff, her Jeffrey Epstein stuff, just everything. It's just really uh, just a cornucopia of riches in terms of uh, if you're readers and stuff like that. Just so many great articles. And her book, of course, is Hype, which we talked about in January, which I really recommend. Um, I think it breaks down you know, a lot of uh, scammers and social media and all of this stuff that kind of intersects with pop culture because I really truly feel we are turning scams and things like that into pop culture. We talk a lot about that today in terms of things like The Dropout, which, by the way, the final episode drops today while while you're listening to this. It's out, and it just truly was a joy to watch. We, of course, had the Anna Delvey Netflix documentary, and me and Carrie even talked about this a little bit. It is the year or the decade of the scammer, and it's weird that we are turning scammers into pop culture. So Gabrielle's our guest. We'll get to her in a second because I need this to be quick because I, I got a busy day tomorrow. I am back on Reality Check with Amy Phillips on Sirius. I'm going to put the call-in number. I couldn't find it. I'm going to put the call-in number on my Instagram stories like an hour or like a half hour before. So if anybody wants to call into the show because it is a call-in show, I think they do take calls. If it, you guys want to talk about OC with us because we're going to break down that episode. I just watched it and took notes for uh, for Amy and then for the recap for our show on Friday. And... uh Man, no, just a little tease. Noella scream cries by herself by a creek. She's like, oh, and here's the deal. Like if we're to be believe that Noella is a truthful person, this is a very dramatic scene, but it also felt like somebody going for the Oscar. And I just kept thinking like, oh my God, she made like a cameraman. Like she was like, Randy, come on down to the creek with me and watch me scream cry. Cause it was just by herself. Cause all the other ladies went off on the events and she stayed home. And then she was like, I'm going to do a little one man scene by myself, by this creek and scream cry, you know, <laughs> it's, I'm so desensitized, you guys. I know that might sound horrible. I, I just don't, I sometimes just don't buy Noella, and that's being nice. Um, so that's great. Realizing in New Jersey, uh, you know, the, uh, Joey Gorga, I love Joey Gorga, his commitment to saying that men are not sensitive and men get over stuff quickly, yet he's one of the biggest crybaby whiner guys. I'm like, Bill. Bill Aiden, you hurt my feelings, Bill. Come on, how you how you how you hurt? That's a horrible Joey Gorga. But you know what I'm saying? Like he kept saying, he's like, us guys, we get over it, yo. We get over it. And your your wife, your wife, she talks bad about. It. Like I thought Joey was gonna cry at some point. Like he was gonna go down to the creek and scream, cry like Noella from OC. Um, it's just the OC world. And by the way, OC's OC, the Jersey is getting amazing ratings this year. 
Uh, it is just getting amazing ratings. So something is working over there in Jersey. It's yeah, it's enjoyable. It's not see to me, it's not groundbreaking anymore. Like I don't know if it can ever be groundbreaking again, unless you kind of started from scratch in some weird way. But I still dig it. I dig. I like Jersey. I like OC. Call me crazy. Like I always say, OC is just kind of. Just kind of there. I'll tell you what, I like it a whole hell of a lot more than I liked last season. Remember last season? We were still deep in pandemic, and it was like 26 episodes for some reason, and it just was all over the map. It was like so weird, and Bronwyn was part of it, and oh man, I still wake up in the middle of the night and have flashbacks of that season. It's just not, it did not sit well with me. But this is okay. Like, we're, we're getting like fun. Shannon is there. John, J- John Jansen, he's there. All good. The other thing I watched tonight is uh, ABC News presents The Kardashians. Now, ABC, if anybody at ABC is listening right now, you guys you guys are really using ABC News as a loose definition. Like we what part of the ABC News division thought The Kardashian, an hour-long Kardashian special, why couldn't you just said ABC like why couldn't you have just said The Kardashians? We inter- like you put you proudly stamped ABC News over it, and that weirds me out because I feel like ABC News, you know, we've got bigger things. Maybe just Send the whole team to Ukraine. You know, like, let's focus on real stuff with the ABC News division. I think we can. In fact, I could even handle this. You ABC News, you don't. You can just step away. I will handle all the interviews. And we did an hour with all of them. And and just to point out why this happened is because remember, Hulu owns ABC. It's all part of one big corporation that Disney owns. You know, so this is what we call synergy. This is what this is when a brand meets another brand and they have a baby brand. You know, and. So that's why, because we're, we're getting the premiere of the new Hulu Kardashian show next week, which I will be covering the entire season. I don't care if you don't like it. I'm going to be doing it because I cannot turn away from these people. I was so mad tonight watching this because how do you do an hour show and I learn nothing new? Like, I learn nothing. They all looked very presentable and everybody, you know, wore their nice makeup and showered, obviously, and did their hair. Um... And then, by the way, then they were on Kimmel, the family, Kris Jenner's wig, it, uh, yo, man, like, I'm all for fashion risks, but, uh, you know, even Julia Fox is like, that's too much. It, it was like the weird, it was like a Michelle Pfeiffer bob from Scarface, but dark hair. It's just very it, it, unsettling for some reason to me. And by the way, what are, there, are her and Corey even together anymore? See, these are the questions that we need to ask. Nobody's asked, like, Chris, are you still with Corey after Kanye said he was like a big cheater and a weirdo? Like, that's what I want to know. I don't care. Which, by the way, let's say, like, Travis and Courtney went and got fake married in Vegas after the Grammys on Sunday, okay? Okay, cool. Yeah, we woke up. It was really exciting. They got some pictures. But like, but it turned out to be false because they couldn't get a license on that short of notice. So Courtney goes, we were just practicing. It was just a practice wedding. <laughs> My king. You know, so great. That's happy. I'm, I'm happy for them. I want them to get married, blah, blah, blah. So they did a practice wedding. And uh, my parents got remarried in Vegas once. When was it? Was it their? Oh my God! Was it their thirtieth wedding anniversary? And I remember, I was in college. Oh no, I was lit in LA. Wow! I think it was their thirtieth because they, now they have their fiftieth. Oh my God! The passage of time is intense, you guys. But we all, my sister, my girlfriend at the time, and. Um, we all went and watched them got remarried and then they did this thing. You guys, my parents sat through We like, you know, my parents, you know, we're like, you know, we're a middle-class family. Like we, you know, my mom loves a good deal and we stayed at, 
we stayed at like I want to say what is that play the not the Shanghai it, it, it was like the Oriental Garden or something. It was one of the cheaper hotels on the Strip. And it's fine. Like, I'm totally down with that. I, I am more at ease, to be frank. <laughs> you know, a circus circus other than you know, rather than a win. But um, I remember they sat through one of those, like, if you come look at, like, timeshare property, you get, like, free tickets to a show. And my parents wanted us all to see a show. So they got free tickets to this Jubilee at one of the casinos and you guys it was like a nude review <laughs> we're in the first we're in the first row i remember and it was like that thing where you're just like oh my god i'm in a nude show with my parents what the fuck anyway it was like it was bob mackie costumes who did all the costumes for share and my mom kept saying that like no it's it's a bob it's very classy it's bob mackie costumes and it was like it was like the underlining of their bras were bob mackie designed like with their boobs at you know <laughs> This is so amazing. Then my mom, she couldn't admit they made a mistake. She was like, this is beautiful. I'm like, you just took us to an elegant strip club, mom. You took us, like, I was throwing dollars on the stage. No. Um, why was I talking about Vegas, you guys? Oh, it's been a long day. Vegas is fun, but why? Oh, yeah, Courtney and Travis. You know, if I keep doing this every day, you will literally get to hear me go through the passage uh, passages of my life. You'll be like, Ryan is... Uh, He's getting up there. He's not as quick as he once was. Um, so they got fake married. We got some pictures. It was fun. You know, the internet exploded for like an hour, which is always fun on a Monday or Tuesday, whenever we found out about it. But uh, the other thing about the Kardashian ABC News, Kardashian special that had really no news. We got a little, you know, we got a second about Pete. We got Kim saying that. I tell my kids what's going on with Kanye. The younger ones don't really get it, but I'm always very honest and they know, you know. And we saw today, you guys, the first TMZ photo of Pete Davidson with North in this like pink little Playmobil that Kim has. And Pete seems like he's in love with it. He's always driving around the last week. But we saw North in the driver's seat with Pete. And I got to hand it to Kanye. You've stayed off. You buddy, you've stayed off the Instagram about it. And I'm so proud of you, dude. I like, no joke. I am proud of you. You, that is huge, man. You do not need to react, you know, but I was even a little like, oh man, Pete's with North. Like even I got a little like, oh, but that's, you know what? Divorce is hard. You guys, you know, moving on is hard. Like life is hard. Like I, it's, you know, and it, it, we can still feel sad about these things. We, we can still feel weird about these things. And it can still be all right, you know? We do have to move forward at a certain point. Um, so the other thing about the Kardashian special that I, I really laughed about was I, I'm just amazed at the, the you know, the, the whitewashing of the Kardashians. Like, it's the, you know, how it started to how it is now. You would think this was a team of artists, you know, like... Da Vinci, Michelangelo, we're all in one family. And the ABC News special treated it as such. So it was like, you know, they had like saxophone jazz music in the background. like, doo, doo, doo. And they had like strings at one point, And it was like really like dramatic, good, artistic music behind the story of the Kardashians. And it made it really epic. Like it made it like Kim, Kim, young Kim Kardashian knew she wanted to be famous. But for what? 
What if she could be just famous for being famous? And then Kim was like, yeah, I watched the real world ones and I liked it. And I was like, let's do that. And then I like, I like the reframing of the Kardashian story where it was Kim's business acumen that she knew this is what she wanted to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're rewiring us all to think of like, this was some master plan, you know? But also, Kim, do not bring the real world into this. The real world is so sacred to me as a reality show. And for you to bring that, to use this as part of your origin story, it will not fly with me one second, hon. We, of course, as Prez Hilton was one of the interview subjects, which, by the way, why wasn't I being interviewed on this? Mariah Smith. Uh, by the way, I'm probably not going to be approved to ever talk about that if the family has anything to do with it, even though I feel like I'm tough but fair. Um, so it just it was just so funny because it made that it seems so epic and they're, they, they are an epic family, but at the same time, these things still ring really hollow because in a way, you know, this is, if, if we were to be real about it, this is a study in advertising. This is a study in media, in using these tools, these social media tools in using them in such a way that it worked. You know, I want, I want a three-hour documentary on Kris Jenner, period. Chris is like, oh, ha, ha, well, I just have a wonderful family, and, you know, and it's like, no, man, we've never got to see the real Kris Jenner. Kris Jenner is a ball buster. Kris Jenner is one of the biz- best businessmen in this country, and I'm talking male, female, all of it. She's one of them. Like, honestly, she is, I mean, that, I, I will crap my, I crap myself sometimes when I think about how intense Kris Jenner must be. You know, like we see this nice lady. We're like, oh, she's like, no, man, no, she goes, she goes hard, you know. And the other day, of course, we had Chloe come out and and Chloe, very brave, you guys, very brave. She said, get this. She said, um, Tristan is just an amazing dad and amazing dad, amazing person, amazing mother. But you know what? He's just, I realized, not the one for me. Chloe, you don't got to be Will Smith up there smacking Chris Rock, but my God, you let this man get away with every, there is something about relationships where these people may like they, you let, you know, Jada lets Will Smith look like an idiot. I mean, just that's, that's really what it, and, and Tristan made you look like an idiot. Why don't you call his ass out once? Like, honestly, why do you gas him up? Like, and guess what? Maybe he's a good father to True, but I don't, I understand he's not a great father to his first child and the one that he neglected and said he wasn't going to even take claim over. Not a great father, Chloe. Not. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say somebody hurt you very deeply. In fact, we would be so, we would so be on your side. That's why we get so frustrated with Courtney because we're like, girl, we are with you 1000%. You've got to like, you know, like stand up for yourself. You can't be always like, I turn the other cheek. Like sometimes I agree with Kim doing that with Kanye, you know, and I'm getting impressed by it, but I don't get impressed with Chloe. It has been over three years since the first time he got busted cheating on Chloe. And we're still here. We're still at this revelation of, I've realized he's not the man. Really, Chloe? We realized over three years ago. We were fully on board with you never seeing this man again. And she goes, you know, after the first time he cheated me, I cheated with me. I was still able to have him in the birthing room uh, when when I gave birth. And 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 you know, no matter what happens, I will always have that perfect moment to show my daughter of 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 her family. And the I'm like, girl. You could also tell your daughter the reality of that situation, and that's exactly why your doofus fucking dad wasn't there, because he couldn't, like, stop sleeping with people without a condom on. Like, you could also be honest. 
Like, why does everything need to be a fairy tale? We know that it's not. Why does everything need to be an episode of a TV show, like perfectly edited and packaged? Like, oh, when my daughter watches the video one day, guess what? I, I don't think there were video cameras when I was born, but I, if there was, I would never watch my own birth. I mean, I just wouldn't. My mom, If my mom sat down and go, yo, we uh, we have a videotape. Your dad actually had one a Super 8 camera in there. Would you like to watch me giving birth to you? I'd say, I'm no offense, mom. I do not. I have to watch an episode of Summer House later. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in seeing that in the least. So in Chloe's mind, even it sounds sweet on the surface. And it's one of those sound bites where we're like, oh, wow, Chloe, Coco. Oh, that's so beautiful. What a brave, what a brave, strong soul. But if you really think about the reality of that sentence, it's very dark. To me, at least. I know this is just my opinion. And you guys remember, have your own opinions. Like, I get it. Don't come and yell at me on Instagram about them. Uh, You know, maybe contact Sandra or somebody involved with the show and we can set up a time to talk. But, you know, try not to do that. Because remember, I live my life in real time and it's hard for me to sometimes catch up to things. And I get, you know, I have my own mental health issues and I really do care about this stuff. So uh, I want you guys to have your opinions and I'm, I'm really more than willing to talk and stuff like that. But sometimes maybe Instagram is not the time or not the place to call me out. If you think um, you don't like an opinion, I'm happy to have a conversation with you about that because I do really love learning and I've learned so much from you guys. Um, it's just that I think Instagram sometimes when there's so much crap on there, uh, or me trying to answer so many things and I miss so many things, I'm just never going to be my best or be able to truly, um, I truly want to hear what, what you have to say sometimes. So anyways, the thought about that though, was like, Chloe, you have every right in the world to not have this man around. You have every right in the world, like, and let, let, let True's father form a relationship with True without you going like, you know, like let him form that relationship. Let him be the one to speak to his daughter about his past transgressions. We don't need to wrap everything up in a bow for people. Like we want people to be strong and self-sufficient and all of that stuff. And that's the reality of those situations. You guys, I wanted to recommend this so much to you guys. I've watched this twice since this weekend. Uh, Gerard Carmichael, who hosted Saturday Night Live this weekend, he's a stand-up comic. Um, You know, you might know him, but a lot of people don't at all. In fact, he made a joke on SNL that he was the least famous person that has ever hosted SNL. Even I was like, whoa, Gerard Carmichael's hosting? Like, he had an NBC show that lasted less than one season, got canceled, I believe, and, uh, you know, really well-respected stand-up in the stand-up community. But I didn't know really how big he was, and he even joked about it. But he has a new special out on HBO Max called Rothaniel, R-O-T-H-A-N-I-E-L. And I've watched it twice in the last week, and it is beautiful. It's directed by Bo Burnham, which I was so livid when I found out at the end because this damn Bo Burnham is so talented that it makes me want to scream. It makes me want to scream. If you saw his Netflix special Outside... Uh, just an amazing piece of work. It's just one of those guys that he's so good that it makes me mad. So sharp that it makes me mad. And to find out that he directed this, if you guys watch, you'll understand why I feel. I'm just because it's shot so beautifully. It's stand up, but he's sitting down in a chair in an audience at the Blue Note in New York City. And he tells his story. He starts off with, uh, you know, we all have a lot of secrets, secrets, right? And he tells his story of his family and then secrets about himself. And the audience participates towards the end a little bit. And it's just such a beautiful, important, funny piece of work. Really got me like as a theater geek, it really just I was like, man, this inspired me so much to, you know, it's like what, what I try to do is just communicate, communicate my feelings. And this man, like the pauses he took, 
you know, he looks so deep in thought. I just thought it was so beautiful. And the tight shots that Bo picked to frame his face, I just thought it was just a stunning piece of work for a stand-up special. Uh, I highly recommend that. Um, let me know if you guys check it out and like it, because I just was really, really moved by many. I moved and laughed also. It's like that tension where you'll be moved, and then he'll break that tension with a laugh, and it's just so good. You know, it's like, you ah, he's earned it. Um, but... Chloe, it's, uh, I just, I hope Chloe has the people around her to validate anger. Like, you know, it's like Chloe sometimes chooses to get angry at us instead of angry at the small group of people she actually lets in her life that don't seem to be great people sometimes. And the only reason I think a lot of us, and especially me, are hard on her because it's like, man, you are the most likable Kardashian in so many ways. You know? Uh, Kylie was barely in it. Kendall was in it a little bit. Kendall was, you know, it's, you know, no offense, but like every time Kendall, it's just like, shut up, Kendall. Come on, Kendall, stop. We realize you're a person, you have problems. You know? Like sometimes I feel like, and this is probably the worst part about reading Rich and Famous, is that we don't have as much empathy for rich and famous people. We just don't. I mean, like, because I'm always like, well, they have the money to get the good therapists. They have the money to get the, you know what I'm saying? They're like, well, I uh, I owe a lot of money in taxes. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it gets frustrating. It's hard to have empathy for these people. And they know that. Yet they still want us to know their plights. It's really fascinating the the entertainment setup we have for pop culture and reality shows right now, and it, you know therefore even what I talk about today with Gabrielle, you know, uh, Gabrielle wrote this article uh, for the Cut, I believe, and it's so good. But it's one of those things. It's a little bit uh, about this girl, this scammer that went to New York uh, private uh, schooling, the whole deal, and. Um, I'm trying to find it right now, but it's one of those things. I love that I read this and I was like, oh, I can immediately see this as a series or a movie or, you know, like, it's like, that's how I look at things right now. And it's like, yo, that is so dark. That is so dark that I look at things as now like a limited series on HBO Max or on Hulu, you know, I just think that it's so weird now that that's how I look at things. So, um, I'm trying to find the, uh, the exact, oh Yeah. Uh, it's how Danielle Miller became a scammer. Sorry, not for the cut for New York magazine. The cut has the Demois article. She wrote this girl. She's all over the place. This, she wrote an article in the New York times about Matthew Reese, the actor, which we talk about, but it's fascinating. It really is one of those things that I think we're getting closer and closer where everything is up for grabs for content. Everything can be a show crimes. You know, crimes are one of our main forms of entertainment right now. Think about how weird that is. Man, if the Kardashians commit a crime, like that's going to be their next step. The criminal years of the Kardashians. I mean, when when all of this fades, Chris goes, you know what? Let's diversify. Courtney, I'm going to need you to rob a bank. Or Courtney, we're going to need you to forge checks. You know, like Rob, we're going to need you to steal money from your, you know, Rob might have done that already, actually. Um so uh, the Kardashian Hulu special, I find it fascinating just because it's always interesting to see their looks and all this stuff. And you're going to see a lot about the Kardashians in the next week because they are in full publicity mo- mode for the new Hulu show. Um, so we will see. Uh, speaking of Kanye from earlier, like I said, on Monday or Tuesday, he dropped out of Coachella. Coachella now has uh, made the announcement that The weekend. 
And Swedish House Mafia will take over Kanye's spot. Now, Swedish House Mafia was already going to be on Friday night. They're moving Swedish House Mafia over to the third night, to Sunday night, where Kanye was headlining. And then the weekend is going to be with Swedish House Mafia. Now, my understanding was that the weekend was going to be a surprise guest during Swedish House Mafia's set because they have a single together. Um, But now the weekend is going to get his own set within the Swedish House Mafia set. Can I say set any longer? But also, how special that we will get to see the weekend during the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like that's inception. That is, that's amazing. Um, and also if you are interested in Coachella, they usually do a live stream on YouTube and they'll release the schedule and stuff. So you can at home from the comfort of your home, own home. And especially as uh, we get older, that is the way to watch these things. Uh, but I'm going to be out there on the field. You guys, I'm scared. What if I pull a hamstring? Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about the sweat. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm really, it's like, I feel like I'm in Rocky where I'm like, da, 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 da. Can he do it for three days? I was kind of excited that Kanye bailed out and I was hoping that they didn't, uh, replace him with anybody. Cause I was like, I can get home earlier. <laughs> and I was like, where's the old party, Ryan? Where's the party Ryan from five years ago? COVID took him. That's what uh, you guys, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate all of the kind comments on hitting fifty thousand on Instagram. It uh, it really it it was it's so hard for me to to accept love for some reason. I tell you guys that all the time. It makes me feel so weird, and I'm trying to be better. So I want to say thank you so much. It really does mean the world. Uh, it's so it's so nice when I when I'm like wow like. It's, you know, like, oh, my God, a lot of people like are really nice to me. (laughs) It's so hard for me for some reason. Uh, But thank you so much. If you want to support me further, there's always the Patreon. Hello, baddies. We released two episodes this past weekend. We'll release another two this week. Um, Me and Medita had a great uh, work meeting today. Had uh, a good meeting with my friend Lori about some work processes that uh, I'll be working with Sandra and Meditza on. And we're really kind of streamlining this where we can do cool things that we've always wanted to do. Me and Meditza today, we're talking about all these dreams that we had of like, you know, you know, this is how we want to work so we can actually make more t-shirts and, you know, get that YouTube finally going. Like there's so many of these steps that we're missing because everything's just so crazy and there's no process or way to work because this is really kind of just independent. Like this is all just me throwing shit together uh, against the wall and her making images and Sandra reaching out for guests and you know it would be nice for once to not have to play catch up but to be ahead of the game and that's what we're aiming to do with this which it won't affect you guys at all it's just going to make it easier for us and you're going to be able it's going to be allow hopefully for us to do so much cooler uh things material guests all of that stuff you know it's really really exciting and uh I just got really jazzed because that's, I just want to keep doing this. I want to find ways to make this fun and exciting. And I eventually really, really want to do live shows and I'm excited for that. I want to meet you guys. I want to, the whole thing. It's just, I'm really on a high this week. And, uh, yeah, so you can do the Patreon, uh, remember leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts and a five-star review on Spotify. It really does help. Um, thank you so much to everybody that takes that second to do it. It only takes like 30 seconds. You don't even need to write a review. You can on Apple podcasts, but you don't need to. It really does help the five stars though. And if you don't like it, I totally get it. But I really do want to strongly suggest that just listen to another podcast. You don't need to leave a bad review. That's really not, I get, I get, I get it, but it's, 
you know, just go on, move on. I, I, I don't think you guys will ever listen to me about that, but it's, it's one of those, there's so many great podcasts that you will, you will find your bliss. You will find the podcast that suits you and your needs and your taste, like, like a glove. And I'm not even joking about that. Like, that's, what's so cool about podcasting. There is going to be a voice that you love and you might not love this one. And I totally get that, but I can point you in the direction of like 10 that are amazing. Um, I think that's it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but Amy Phillips, I'll put that up on my Instagram stories tomorrow. It'll be one o'clock Pacific standard time, four o'clock Eastern standard time. If you want to listen to us, uh, it's my second time back in a month and I'm so flipping excited. You guys know how I just get so jazzed about that. Also tomorrow night, I am doing spilling tea live with Zach Peters and Adam from up and Adam on YouTube. They were on the show last week and I'm going to be doing their first live show over at the bourbon room in Hollywood with, uh, Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval and Sheena Shea and Brock Brock. I am Brock. Maybe I'll do my Brock imitation for Brock. Eh, Brock, it's me, Brock, a little Irish leprechaun from New Zealand. <laughs> oh, it's shocking. I, I I can do this for a living. Uh, so I'll be doing that. I think I do one segment in it. And uh, the tickets are sold out in Hollywood, I believe. But you can live stream the event. Um, I think it's SpillingTeaLive.com. But I will be there. And if anybody is going to the Los Angeles show please, that, that listens to this too, please say hi. I'm very nervous to be out in public with, uh, uh, you know, I'm just very, I'm always nervous. So uh, hopefully I can talk to some cool people tomorrow that like all the same stuff that I do. And that is it, you guys. I already th- I thought this was going to be quick. It's never quick with me. It's never quick. Except in the bedroom. hey Okay, that's it. Um, you guys, Gabrielle Bluestone is our guest. Um, this is a really informal conversation about her work, and we get to go through the story of, uh, you know, this article about Danielle Miller, who uh, the title, like I said, is How Danielle Miller Became a Scammer. But the conversation goes in so many different directions. And also, send your thoughts out there. Gabrielle uh, ha- got, got COVID uh, a couple days ago, and so I know she is in her bed uh, watching TV, potentially. But she's just, uh, she's great. And I hope you like this. And I will talk to you on Friday for the OC wrap, the OC recap, the OC recap. You guys, uh, one of my favorite writers, Gabrielle Bluestone. Uh, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Uh, today we have a recurring guest that I literally, the minute we stopped talking last time, I said, you got to please come back on the show. I was begging. It was, it was on my knees. It was very embarrassing. And she gladly accepted. And I was so excited. And then it turned out the month that that next month she wrote these two amazing articles that are so up our wheelhouse you guys like they we would i'm telling you you got to stop this interview go read these because they're just everything that is so uh kind of uh present in pop culture right now we got scammers and we got demois and we got good food um so we have the author of one of my favorite books uh hype uh gabrielle bluestone welcome back to the show thank you so much for having me I am so excited to talk to you because I, I want to suggest to people, guys, don't forget about the written word. Like I know, I know we watch, we're watching the dropout right now and I love it. I talked about it so much. I think it's really well done and inventing Anna happened and all of that stuff. But remember, these things come from a place. Let's always give 
uh, proper due to the place they came from, because there's something, I don't know, I hate, like, there's something so romantic about actually reading, you know, there's something so cool about it that I really, I was reading your article, the I more so consider myself a con artist than anything for New York Magazine about Danielle Miller. And I just halfway through, I, I had a smile on my face, because I was like, look at you reading. But then I was really <laughs> enjoying what I was reading. Um, you've had a really busy month. How long was that Danielle Mil Miller article in the works for with you? That was a pretty long process. That was about six, seven months in total. Yeah, because you were, I mean, in the article, you're going to yo a yoga class with her. You're going, I mean, you know, she's, uh, she is on house arrest right now. I'm assuming you were over there as well. I mean, this is really intensely done. Is this your first foray into this kind of uh, uh, article or, or is this something that you're known for? Um, a little bit of both. I've always uh, covered, you know, kind of, uh, crime stories that are in the news. Um, but this story was a little different because I had actually known uh, Danielle growing up. We went to the same high school together. And, and that was Hor Horace Mann, is that right? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. She explains all this in the article. We'll try to explain a little bit, but I really want you guys to read this. So Horace Mann, is that like, a, it's a private school uh, in New York? It is. It's one of the schools that always gets mentioned in those articles about, you know, parents <laughs> flipping out, trying to pay off their kids into schools. Um, it is very much like a, a brand name school in New York, which made this story um, all the wilder because, you know, that's not a typical uh, place that a, a Horace Mann kid finds themselves, although there have been some examples over the years. <laughs> Well, and the, there's a great entrance point into this where where we meet uh, our main character. She's a living person, Danielle Miller, but she's in Rikers. And and, and also there's like a, a little little thin thread that even Anna Delvey is in the same uh, same area that she's in in Rikers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So they um, I think they met for the first time in Rikers, but they had been in similar circles uh, beforehand. And Danielle uh, was being processed and brought into, you know, her first dorm. It was her first time behind bars. And she hears this crazy voice uh, asking her <laughs> what she had done with her hair. And she turned around and it was Anna Delvey uh, motioning for her to come over and join her. It's like the Justice League of alleged uh, potential scammers all in one play. I mean, this is like a, a superhero. I mean, that's that that blew me away when I read that. And and. Uh, so you knew her from Horace Mann and just to give the audience, uh, you know, there was a, there was a wild thing. I mean, I, what year this was, but there, she was known as the Swiffer girl because this has been done a lot since then, but it was almost like revenge porn where some guys, when she was very younger, kind of said she was prude. She did something with a Swiffer mop in her shower and they spread that video or pictures around. And then she was always known as quote unquote, the Swiffer girl, which I think really kind of charted a certain kind of course for her life, even though how much she wants to admit of that or not. Did you know of her as the Swiffer girl uh, at Horace Mann? Well, I mean, it was it was something that an uh, occurrence that, that reverberated like far beyond Horace Mann and even New York City. Um, and that was really what got me interested in the story, because, you know, I saw the DOJ press release about her most recent arrest. And I was like, wait, there's so much more to this story than, you know, what The New York Post is picking up. Um, it was probably, I think, one of the first ever instances of like a viral um, you know, sex tape kind of thing like that. And 
all the more horrifying because it did involve, you know, a 13 year old girl and it was not treated at the time as, you know, this traumatizing, horrible event, but rather um, she was judged for it and she was, you know, I hate this word, but slut shamed for it. Um, and one of the most striking kind of details of our interview, um, which encompassed quite a bit, was that for years afterwards, whenever she said she went to Horace Mann, the first question people asked her was if she knew Swiffer Girl. Um, it had spread so wide. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it's interesting you also bring up the point that this, you know, now we hear of a lot of like I have a personal friend that her her photos got passed around and her, you know, like and it's so interesting because we never really you know, the, the onus is on the female. It's never the men that like pass mm -hmm. this stuff around or the boys that pass this stuff around, which I find interesting. The thing I found interesting also about her was that, you know, the story involves like alleged scamming and stuff. But what I found interesting was that herself, like I want, I wanted more, I want more of her. Uh, she's such an interesting personality. When you read that DOJ, is that what immediately gets you? Like there's something potentially here that you, like you said, that the New York post isn't covering. Is that what drew you in? Or was that always in the back of your head, that kind of uh, story? Um, a little bit of both, you know, they're, they're pretty bare bones, uh, legal releases that you can like read you just, them. And... Do you just read legal releases every day? Is that yes. you're just hoping to find gold? Like, so you wake <laughs> up in the morning, you get a cup of coffee and you're like, let me get on the DOJ website. Is that how you do it? Uh, I get Twitter alerts, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good way to kind of see what's, you know, I, I cover primarily frauds and, and scams and crime. And so that is a clearinghouse of, of what's going on in the criminal world. Um, I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's a very good follow on Twitter. <laughs> so, I mean, you you see this and then you're like, I have a connection with this. What is then uh, in any of these stories that you do? I have to imagine there's a uh, period where you're trying to uh, to convince them that that you can tell their story. Is that is that how that goes? And what is what is that process like? And, and I'm assuming it's different for each person. Yeah, it's highly dependent on the story. Um, you know, in this case, I knew what had happened and I, I suspected that it was a bigger part of her current day story than, you know, the, it wasn't in the press release, but, you know, I, I knew there was more to that story in this case. Um, it was certainly not a story that I could have told without her participation um, and without her consenting to talk yeah. about that, especially. No, she given... seemed very uh, willing to speak with you. So I figured like it seems like she very much trusts you. Mm -hmm. and, and I have to say, like her story in particular, maybe it was having seen it happen at the time and seeing how the culture has changed and how differently that would be handled today. Um, but, you know, I think it's also uh, just an encapsulation of what a strange, bizarre time the early aughts were. You know, this happened in 2004. And I don't some some people have talked about this, but I don't think this the story of this time has been explored in depth all that much. But this was a time of this like heightened, aggressive kind of hypersexuality where, you know, photographers were regularly shooting upskirts of, you know, Britney Spears and Paris Hilton. And that was OK to run. And Us Weekly was publishing it. Yeah, there's the a great cover. paragraph. You talk about that, like, you know, the, the time. But it, it, I mean, I lived through that. I ran a nightclub during that time. Like I was I, you know, I, I was a general manager right outside that club that they took that photo with Paris, Britney and uh um, Lindsay. Oh, and iconic. It was, it was, oh, I mean, like I, it, and I remember going up to my office and like 
you know, uh, refreshing Perez Hilton that day. You know, it was like the OC was popular. The I mean, I remember when Misha Barton and Greasy Bear would come in and like make yes. out the upstairs. But it, it's you're right, though. There was this kind of hypersexualization above uh, at the time. And I don't think we even I don't know if we fully you know, now we're coming around to it with like Pam and Tommy and, and these like series that are telling us what we kind of lived through. But I mean, I remember the one night in Paris DVD or the, the you know, all of the, the sex tapes became a big thing. But yeah, like, you know, it's interesting of like then these people are having their they're they're trying to uh, aspire to this in weird ways. Mm-hmm. And it almost invites I don't know if that's forgiving invites criminal activity or invites ways to try to get there quicker. I mean, I don't know how you would describe it. Yeah. I mean, I think more so it was just the way that, that women behaved and were treated um, is so foreign to kind of how things are today. Um, You know, the idea that like going on girls gone wild while you're too drunk to sign a release is in some way a feminist. Oh my God. It was just, I forgot. You know, I, I mean, that, that was yeah. on like late night TV. You would see the girls gone wild. Joe Francis commercials everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that was just normal. Like you would I mean, see drunk college girls. That was like a whole thing. Think about where Jimmy Kimmel came from the whole man show. And you know, and it was, a very, yes, it was yes. a very different time, but one that I think really contextualized Danielle's story um, and, and everything that followed. And so, you know, I thought that that was, beyond just the regular kind of like, this is what she's been arrested for. And here's what happened. I thought it was a bigger story um, and and spoke to her personally, but also society in general. Now the crime she was, uh, went to Rikers for in the, like, so there, there was the original crimes that, uh, that she had done, which was just uh, it was, it was identity theft and credit card theft, correct? Or. Yeah. Uh, her original arrest that landed her in Rikers was for using um, a stolen credit card at an Upper West Side spa. Um, she had been, she was accused of, of purchasing services under someone else's credit. Yeah. Um, and she, she eventually served, it was a missed, I think it was a misdemeanor. Uh, she served a little under a year, like eight or nine months, which is a Rikers so, year. So more than Jesse Smollett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, both in what he was sentenced to and what he's actually served. Uh, but, uh, and then she got out and, uh, spent some time, you know, rebuilding her life. Uh, and then she was rearrested in Florida first on state charges and then on federal charges. Um, and those revolve around identity theft and pandemic fraud. Yeah. I mean, like the uh, the, the business loans she was uh, allegedly getting in her account. I don't know what the proper use of alleged here, folks. So I'm just going to keep saying allegedly. But yeah, she was one of the are ongoing. So it's still. Yeah. And so she's under house arrest right now. Correct. Yes. Yeah. She uh, um, has a medical condition that she was uh, released for. Um. The also thing that you, you point out is that she even went to law school for a, a, a year. And I'm like. Whoa, how the, and I, her dad was the, the president of the bar association in, in New York. Is that correct? Yes, he was. Yeah. Which is interesting because you also like, you know, there was a point that her dad doesn't want to speak with her anymore, but the mom is willing to have a relationship, which is kind of eerie in its own way and kind of shows you a little bit, I, I don't know, that, I thought that little fact was fascinating, but um, how is this, you got to be really smart to 
I, that, that's what I found fascinating was that this isn't an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. This is, this isn't, uh, I mean, she's going to a good law school and you ask her if, you know, you thought she would have, uh, you know, been a, could have been a lawyer and all that. And she says, no. And I'm like, Oh my God, you definitely could have been, I, I found it. And then also that the haunting thing of her line at the end of saying like most people, kind of aspire to the life, you know, that, that we don't get to, we're only here for a certain amount of years and, you know, they would want to do what I, I have lived and stuff. And I, I, I know, I know that's paraphrasing completely, but it really haunted me because I was just like, here's somebody that she's kind of right. I, I don't know what you felt about that, but it, it was really shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, in my experience and, you know, multiple people that knew her that I interviewed um, said almost verbatim the same, which is that she's incredibly intelligent. Um, she's well-educated. She's street smart. She's like, she, she's, she's very, very intelligent. Um, you know, what, what, what she said about, about law school. And, and I think that this kind of relates to her story at large is that this incredibly traumatizing event happened to her at a young age. And she was faced with the choice of kind of doubling down on that notoriety or running. And she chose to stay and fight. And um, you can kind of see the pattern in her life where every time after that, something, you know, bad happened, she kind of doubled down on that. And, and so it really does illustrate her, her larger story. She's still so young. So I just think about the future. I still think about like what is to come, you know, because she's very nonchalant about all of this, or that's how it read at times of, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is the, you know, and, and I found that just very interesting to, she's got so much future ahead of her. I was, you know, thinking about it in terms of movies or whatever is like, okay, we did the prequel, you know, now what is the sequel to all of this? You know, where is like, do, I mean, do they, do you know what they're saying that her actual sentence is going to be full stop? Yeah, I mean, it's highly dependent on what happens uh, first in this Florida case. She's facing up to, I think, around 10 years on, on the charges. Um, she was accused of trying to clean out somebody else's bank account uh, at a Chase bank using a fake ID and, you know, a, a SIM card uh, to bypass phone detection. Um, you know how confident you have to be to like go up? Like, I mean, I would like be sweating bucket. Like I'm, I, I'm scared to pull out money out of my own account. Like I would be so like, you know, to, to be that cool and calm and collected under pressure. I mean, I relay it a lot to Jen Shaw on the finale of Salt Lake. I don't know if you saw, like, she's so confident in how she holds herself that you almost in this weird, bizarre way root for her because she's keeping her, you know, BPM at, at a certain number and all the other ladies are flipping out, but I think there's a special talent in there somewhere being able to walk up to somebody in the, you know, look them in the eyes and say, this is, uh, I'm taking this out, you know? Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is all alleged. It's still winding its way yeah. uh, to trial, but, um, yeah, to, to be able to pull something like what she's accused of pulling off, like you have to have an extreme confidence, you know, that's the, uh, the, the prerequisite for being a con man or woman, you got to have that confidence. I know, but it's like, imagine that confidence in like a better like surrounding of like doing something, you know, positive for everybody. Like that's such a gift to have. Um, I find it really, really interesting, but we seem to be in this 
you know, a year or decade or lifetime of the scammer. And, and I really think, you know, I was watching the dropout and, and we were all watched uh, inventing Anna. I love that. We're now comparing projects and saying, which is our favorite, our better scammer story, which is <laughs> hysterical, but I would think now a viable career option is not only to be a scammer for the actual scam, but to be a scammer because you create a legend and potentially a TV, a movie, a podcast, a book. Um, there is all of this attractiveness. Did you ever get the sense when telling Danielle's story, she was like, you know, get the word out there about me? Um, I think that so this is the first time she's ever spoken about what happened yeah. to her as a kid on the record um, and really connected her name to that kind of legend. And I, I, I do think that she has a story to tell around what happened there um, and, and to really come to terms with that. Um, and, and beyond that, I don't, I can't speak to her motivations, but, you know, certainly uh, it, it does seem in, in the culture right now that why not shoot for the stars? If you get outed as a fraud, the worst thing you can do is uh, launch a podcast. Well, I, get, I mean, we were talking about the hypersexualization in the in the early aughts. Like now, I get scared that these kids are like seeing. It's like when I when people kids were watching Teen Mom, and I was like, God, what's going to stop kids from getting pregnant now? They get a TV show, you know. But the same thing, I wonder if there's any kids out there like, well, if all else fails, I'll try to be a scammer in some way. Like there's a very attractive quality that's happened. Like Anna Delvey's out there laughing on the Caller Daddy podcast with, you know, all cutesy. Like there's something attractive. There's something like a nudge and a wink. And if we don't ever, if we can keep using the word allegedly, I never truly really committed these crimes. There's mm -hmm. something really attractive in that. And are these the new stars? Like we don't have the time of Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and uh, Angelina Jolie anymore, but what we do have new is scammers. Is that our new superstar? Uh, you know, I, I don't think you're wrong. I will say um, it seems to me, you know, watching these shows, I find them extraordinarily stressful uh, and I would not <laughs> want to find myself in that situation. It reminds me, there was a, a tweet that went around after Euphoria wrapped that was like, I don't know why people are worried about this show glorifying drugs. It makes me scared to take a Tylenol. Um, and that's definitely the response I personally have. Uh, but, you know, it, it's part of what makes um, scammers and con artists such attractive subjects and so popular in pop culture is that, first of all, they rarely, they always fail upwards. Like they rare, they're, they're the only kind of criminals yes. or alleged criminals that don't get canceled. Um, and part of it is, you know, we love we love to see a scam unfold and people tend to think we think generally as a rule that we're smarter than we really are. And so it's very fun as, you know, a viewer or as the audience to think, well, I wouldn't fall for this, but I'd love to see how other people did. Um, there's like a voyeuristic glee in consuming yeah. that kind of content. Um, and, and, you know, as you were saying, to have the kind of, uh, you know, charisma and confidence and ability to do something like walking into a chase bank and pretending to be someone else. Um, you know, that is, that is an attractive star like quality. I can already see the scene in a movie or a TV show. And I know I'm sure everybody's told you this, but this would make such a great story that I, I believe will eventually be told on screen or something like that, which I know you don't go into things thinking, but it, it, it is that something that, that you would be willing in the future to consider yeah, I mean, I think this is a story that that you know, when you write a print article, um, you're you're limited in space, you're limited in how much you can go into it, and there is definitely so much more to the story than just you know 
what you can accomplish in, in a, in a 5,000 word magazine article. So certainly I think there's a lot more to be explored there. And, and, you know, there are a lot of stories that are similar, you know, fire festival was, had enough That's going what, this on. This was such a great extension of your book hype. Like I, I, I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is like, she's in the pocket right here. This is her jam. Like, and it, it was so interesting. Cause I really, that book explained things so well of where we're at in a culture. And it came out like two and a half years ago, I think, but it's still so present today, even more so because it's not, nothing's changed. In fact, it's only gotten stronger. The hype on the hype on the hype has gotten mm-hmm. so much more powerful where you do realize there are so many of these stories. We, we exist, especially I believe in America in this culture of hype. So these stories are, you know, I mean, eventually this is going to not be one in a million anymore. This is going to be commonplace, very commonplace. Yeah, I think it's more common than we realize because it is such a sliding scale of effect. We're all, I think as a society, we're, we're all doing a lot of the things that we see these famous scammers do, um, maybe to a lesser degree, but it's become part of the hustle culture and part of the startup culture and part of the social media the TikTok culture. culture and the, yeah. yeah. Right. There is this encouragement to fake it till you make it that if you are confident enough that you can become whatever you, you want to be and, and build whatever you say you want to build. Um, and that's how people like Elizabeth Holmes were able to kind of pull that stuff off. And it's, yeah, I, I thank, thank you. Very, thank you very much, Gabrielle. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Amanda do are you watching? It's so good. I think she is doing, fantastic. It's, she's fantastic. And that last, uh, the fourth episode, just really with when Alan Ruck came in from succession, I just thought mm-hmm. they were doing it so well. And it's so funny to get excited about a story that, you know, they really do make the point that they were using these, you know, blood machines potentially on actual patients at a Walgreens. Like this patients. is like, yeah. you know, and then it was interesting because you're kind of rooting for Elizabeth Holmes in the beginning. And now we're getting to the point where you're like, oh, this is like sick. Like this is kind of, it's really highlighting that. And especially with Elizabeth Holmes, we haven't gotten to the official sentencing yet, mm-hmm. which is, I was like, what a, what a, you know, we live in this culture also of conspiracy where we just see Kim on Ellen yesterday for the Kardashians show, the new Hulu. And she's saying Pete, which by the way, has anybody ever branded their name on uh, themselves, your name on themselves, guy or girl? No, Gabriel? I'm forced to conclude that I've just, I've never you know, Never that, had is, that, that is a relationship apex I, that I've not. Well, I think you're, you'll get there. I mean, it's a long name too. I don't, I hope you'll be satisfied <laughs> with just a gab or something, but um, it's, it's really interesting that I don't know. I just find it hysterical that this conspiracy theory of everything coming out at once. Almost. I find it interesting that the dropouts coming right before sentencing. It's almost like now is the legal system tied in with like entertainment. And it's really murky now of what we consider like good entertainment, uh, where you have to see something like the Batman to be like, okay, that's at least fiction. We know that's (laughs) fiction, I think, but it could happen. And then this is complete nonfiction. This really happened. Um, can I ask a nerdy question about your writing process? What yeah. is your writing process? Is it all inspiration? How much is it like I have to make myself, I bang my head up against a wall every day. What is your writing process like? Uh, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. You know, it's a lot of talking to people and gathering information and doing the reporting process. Um, sorry, my dog is. No, I'm going to get my dog mind. to bark too, just to take down your, <laughs> she's sleeping. So. But, um, you know, and then the, the, the actual writing itself, um, I'm, I'm very much a like lock myself into a cave and come out five days later with a, a rough first draft kind of thing. Um, it's very, you know, do you have, ex- it, 
is it is it robotic or do you have these exciting moments of like oh shit this is it this is it like is it you know sometimes i'll feel like i'm on a roll of i mean it's silly like watching real houses of salt lake i'm like i'm really understanding this and i get really excited but do you have those moments with writing or is it just like persistence um i i tend to get excited and i think that that's how i know i'm i'm in the right industry um it's kind of like if, you know if, if you just discovered a new video game and you stay up all night playing it that's kind of once i know i have a story and i'm you want to keep really going. getting into it yeah Oh, I love yeah. that. Okay, cool. It's a yeah, that's, no, that's awesome. Like that's because you truly love what you do, but it's like that thing where it, you know, uh, Kanye now never finishes his albums. He keeps changing them. <laughs> Is that like you are with your, like, I got, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Are you still thinking about an article that came out two years ago? Are you still thinking about things that you would like to change? Um, well, the beauty of journalism is you can always write a follow-up. Uh, so it's not, <laughs> not that limited, but certainly um, I do not like going back and reading stuff that I already wrote. It's it's too much of like, uh, I should have said this there. I, I messed up that comma. I can't, I have to let it go once it's out for sure. God, the fact you even know what a comma is. Like I only, <laughs> I, I still improperly use all punctuation. It's so sad. Um, I was looking, I didn't realize... I had read this article a couple years ago because I, over the pandemic, I had like binge watched the Americans. Finally, you did the Matthew Ray Spode article. I did. That, like I, did. I, I randomly read that. Like, and I was like, and then I was just looking uh, at you, uh, Googling you again uh, a couple days ago. And I was like, that's you. That was crazy. With, by the way, I talked about the Americans a lot on this show. It's such a fabulous show. And Matthew Reese is so amazing. They're both amazing in it, but he now runs like, a, a boat thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the actual article, but I was just like, he didn't, he like totally refurbish a boat and is now he like, did. I don't know. It was, it was interesting, but I was like, wow, you even uh, do celebrity driven articles. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'm also a huge Americans fan. Um, that was an incredible show. And I think about it all what the a, time. What a great ending too. the wow. it, like finale of that was so, and the use of music in that show too, was so cool. Like it was just so well done. To this day, if I hear Dire Straits Brothers in Arms, I tear up a little yeah, bit. It's so you got if you haven't seen it, it's it's all streaming. It's on Amazon Prime, but it was so good. And Carrie Russell and him just deliver like amazing performances. The kids are good in it. Like I really got sucked in during the it was one of the better things about the pandemic. But I <laughs> was like, oh my God, I had actually read that article because they were like, Oh, look, look at Matthew Reese. What a what a what an interesting guy. He also refurbishes a boat, you know, and that was <laughs> you. But then I was cracking. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash 
so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. We'll be back to the show in just one second. Now is the part of this show that I love where we get to talk about our sponsors. And this week we have uh, we have a returning sponsor, and that's our friends at BetterHelp. I don't know if you guys were able to see my Instagram story this week where I talked about BetterHelp and what I think about therapy and mental health. But if you listen to this show, I think you know that it is very, very important to me. I have shared a lot of my journey and I will continue always to do that. But um, I do want to talk a little bit about this one in terms of like stress is that you can actually, our bodies will give us signals that something is wrong. Um, You know, people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches or teeth grinding or even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. Uh, you know, and then of course you throw doom scrolling on your phone on top of that. We don't sleep enough or we sleep too much. We undereat or we overeat. There is so much stress happening out there for us right now. And especially as we get going back in the world, you know, we're seeing people that we haven't seen in a long time. We're doing things that we haven't done in a long time. And some of that's good, but a lot of that's so much pressure. I mean, think about that. Stress is a part of our daily lives and we do not know how to manage this stuff. What do I do? I go hiking, right? Like I take, I take my medicine or I take my vitamins or I work out because I care about how my body is. But what are we doing for our minds? Who is taking care of our minds? And that is where better help comes in. Um, stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, grind all the time, this is your reminder. Ryan, I am telling you. Uh, I'm telling myself, actually, to take care of yourself, do less and and maybe try some therapy. Um, Therapy is one of those things. It is a gem for the mind. And there is not any kind of one size fits all solution. Sometimes you might need to find the right therapist. I've gone to therapists that did not work out for me personally. But you can't be discouraged. You keep going. Every little step is a step forward. Um, And especially what I love about BetterHelp is that it's online even. You don't have to drive to someplace. You can start this process today. Um, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera. Uh, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. That's the other big thing is that therapist, it's really an expensive process to take care of yourself. This helps a little bit with that cost. Um, give it a try. See if online therapy can help lower your stress because that's what it's all about. 
If we're less stressful, we're going to be able to enjoy our lives more. And that's what it's all about. I know this might sound like fluffy BS, but it isn't. I swear to God, you guys. And like I'm saying, like, don't even, our minds are going to lie to us. Don't listen to your mind saying no. Listen to me just saying, yeah, or just listen to me saying, try it. Try it for one month. That's it. Just try it. It's like signing up for a gym membership. Like you're going to feel better once you sign up, but it's the last thing you're going to want to do. So bad it's good. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash so bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash so bad. And guys, do me a favor. Just go to betterhelp.com slash so bad and check it out. You don't have to hit anything. You don't have to pay anything, but just see if it speaks to you. I hope it helps you, and I know it helps the show because we want to show them that, you know, we, we have the listeners too, which we do. Um, but also this is something that I actually really believe in. And if you do this, please share it with me, and I would love to share some stories on the show. So without further ado, back to the remaining portion of our show. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, because... Then you did this article uh, about Dumois and uh, the power of Dumois's name. I believe it was for the cut, right? Mm-hmm. It was at Dumois made me eat it. How a celebrity stalking Instagram account changed dining out in New York City. Because the only reason a lot of us know car is it Carbone or Carboni? Car- <laughs> it is Carbone, <laughs> but I think the, the traditional Italian pronunciation. Yes. Um, but we all get the Dumas made me do it now. And Dumas is uh, a big, uh, she's been on this show multiple times, I, I think, you know, and she now uses the voice box. When she first started on this podcast, she would not use the voice box. And now we're back, we're to the voice box, ah, which is, and, it, yeah, and it's always like, I'm talking document. to somebody from, oh, I know. It's like, I'm <laughs> talking to somebody from the movie Scream. Um, so you saw this, but obviously her power, I mean, this is, Talking about early aughts too, I always think the line from like Perez Hilton to Dumois, or as you mm-hmm. even say, like Gawker Stalker in your article. I mean, how, what is your approach on Dumois or how do you view it? Because uh, she's always been so great. So, you know, always so funny and so nice and stuff, but it's, it's really a cultural, uh, it's, it's becoming really such a thing. Like if you go to anybody's account, they've always at least followed Dumois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was such a delight during the pandemic. And I'm someone who loves celebrity gossip and loves a good blind item. Um, So to have this this account come up during, you know, some very dark days and it was the perfect timing for it because celebrities were forced to eat outside just like us. And so all of a sudden, toughest moment of their lives, this like great gossip, you know, hour for hour account of how people were getting through the pandemic almost. Um, And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a water cooler topic now. Uh, But, you know, in terms of restaurants, what I found really fascinating um, and and talking about Carbone, Carbone has always been a celebrity hotspot in the way that like traditional places are, you know, you have your Ivy's and uh, uh, what is the one in Malibu that I'm blanking on? Oh, uh, uh, Nobu. Nobu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But 
you know, Carbone in particular has been so funny. Uh, when I started writing this article, it was the same week that Julia Fox and Kanye debuted their relationship at Carbone in Miami. And then two days debuted. later, they <laughs> flew was, home. That was their opening night of the uh, the relationship. Yeah. We talked about this last time, which I it was right. But yeah, they, they, you know, Carbone, they were, the vibes were right. Remember Julia Fox's inter, uh, writing for Interview Magazine saying people were standing up and clapping and Kanye <laughs> was directing a photo shoot in Carbone. And and uh, I thought that it was fascinating. That was the debut of their relationship, which even put it further on the map. I have to say, it was so funny when that video finally came out and the whole restaurant was kind of just looking at her. It was, uh, it was like Donald Trump <laughs> promising to produce those videos of people cheering on their rooftops during 9-11. It was a very similar vibe. I, it really was. It was that thing that always, guys, I always tell you, don't, don't just believe people, you know, like let people have their moment and their shine and all that stuff, but don't just buy it hook, line and sinker. You can, there's documentation on everything right now, but it is, it's kind of in, it's a, it's a different version of scamming in a way. I feel like we, we, you know, we, and I don't mean that to Julie, but it, it's, it's how you're playing with the public's perception. And we all do it in a very small way on Instagram. You know, like I, I portray who I, you know, the lame jokes I want people to, to read. I put that on Instagram. Like we all are in control of that. So sorry, but Carbone though, it even got even further. You can't get a reservation for this place at all anymore, except that Dumas people keep popping up at Carbone some way mm-hmm. and they'll always tag Dumas in it. I wonder like, is Carbone... Are they like, yo, chill, Dumont? Like, I mean, do, do they like the hype, I wonder? Like, there's always that point in restaurants where I'm like, do you like the hype? Or are you like, we want to be long-term and not burn out? I get the sense that Carbone in particular uh, very much enjoys it. Although one of the things that I found really interesting in reporting this article was talking to other, you know, restaurant group owners who very much did not want the hype. They want to be the quiet neighborhood place that celebrities uh, come to over and over. They, they are looking more at the longevity element of it. And that's what's been so interesting about kind of the Dumois indexation of restaurants is that all, you know, she has millions of followers and all of these followers, not all, but a number of these followers are now going to these restaurants either in the hopes of seeing a celebrity that they saw mentioned or in having the celebrity experience for themselves. And, you know, I got to say it, it, it reminds me a lot of fire festival in the sense that people were buying tickets to that so that they too could live the, you know, Kendall Jenner, Haley Bieber experience. Which by the way, one of the best parts of your book was explaining that, you know, one of the only bills that Billy McFarland did pay was for all these supermodels to film the initial uh, Firefest, uh, you know, commercials and then to put the little, was it the orange square? What color mm-hmm. was it? Yeah, yeah the but- orange square. And it's a really fascinating because it really shows how much we buy into that stuff. Like I almost long for the days of when I used to be really excited to see celebrities, like when I was younger, like that, that was so exciting. And it's really lost a lot of that luster for me um, doing what I do and stuff. I don't see it the same way anymore, but I remember just thinking it was the coolest thing. But I remember with my ex, we went to the Nobu over on La Cienega and uh, her, her family was in town and 50 cent and Chelsea Handler were eating. Mm -hmm. And like, you would have thought it was the queen and the kid to like her family. They were like, Whoa, 50 cent. Oh my God. And I was like, stop, please stop, please don't. Cause they were, uh, they were like so close to asking for a picture at Nobu. And I mm-hmm. got so, cause they just never had seen anything like it. It was, it made their entire trip. 
Well, that's the thing that's crazy about it too. Like uh, people that when people ask for pictures with celebrities, it's not because I think they want to meet that celebrity per se. It's because they want to be able to pass that experience on to their friends and show, look what I did. Um, and you know, it, it's more about bragging rights than the actual experience, which I think is a lot of um, the experiences that we share on social media are our experiences that we have more to demonstrate to other people rather than how we actually felt in the moment. It's like a bizarre development yeah. of having social media in our pockets all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I forgot where I, mean, I was going with that. No, no. I mean, it's just, it's something I think about all the time because it's just so sad. Like, and it's so sad that Instagram wasn't around in like the 1800s when the sky was really <laughs> when like those clouds probably must've been killer back then. So, you know, um, we live in such a weird culture that I was thinking about Dumont and some of these restaurant groups or, or anybody like at a certain point when you're that big, I can't imagine like that companies now aren't pitching the hell to Dumont of like, would you put our, like, would you put Dave and Buster's on the map again? Like, please, like mm-hmm. trying to convince somebody. I mean, this is like, I, I'm not saying that I know she's not doing this, but it's like radio payola of like, at a certain point, you know, eyes are going to go there. So I would imagine advertisers are trying anything in their power to get on that page somehow. I mean, like literally she posted, Demar reposted something that I posted the other day and it was like an immediate new thousand followers, like an immediate, yeah. like it w- within a day. Like I was like, wait, you just reposted that mm-hmm. and it just, you just watch it come in. And I was like, that is, that power is really, really bizarre. And thankfully she's a really good person because I would, I got, I don't know. I don't know if I would just abuse that power completely. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed I've been following her since, you know, the early days of the pandemic. I've definitely noticed uh, an uptick in Showtime sponsored posts and TV yeah, recommendations yeah, 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 yeah. and that, that kind of thing. No, she does. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. She, yeah does, she does. She clearly, she labels them as, as Showtime partner. Like she is transparent about the fact that these are paid ads, I, you know, in terms of the, the secret placement. I mean, there's definitely a, uh, a lot of incentives there. I, I don't know what her stance on that is. Um, but you know, if well, I she were... was still working a real job up until like, uh, you know, and then finally she's got the podcast now, which is like an immediate, I, I just, uh, it's fascinating. And someday I think that's going to be an HBO, like an HBO series, but by the way, wouldn't an HBO, wouldn't a great limited, I told Perez Hilton this once, like we need an early aughts, like HBO mini series of that period of time of celebrity of like, so like a Walter Winchell working at the coffee bean and tea leaf. We saw it a little bit with impeachment with um, uh, the drudge report guy. Um, and I mean, that period of time though, it was like just a weird uh, culture shift in Los Angeles in terms of, of uh, celebrity pop culture once the internet, you know, got invented, the internet took hold. I agree. It's time to glamorize the bloggers. We need our day in the sun. <laughs> yeah, it's like the least glamorous. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember back in the day going to this stupid restaurant that got close, like ketchup on Sunset Boulevard and watching Perez Hilton at the height of his power come in in this pink, like polyester suit. And he was like at his heaviest and he, and like, literally the crowd parted. It was like, (laughs) it was like a, like the biggest celebrity walked in. And I was just like, that is wild, but it's also wild to come out on the other side of that. And now with like somebody like Perez, where you, you know, I had asked like, are you tired of apologizing? You have to apologize now, like every week for something different that you did in the past, just to keep having a career in this. And uh, I just, I don't know. I find that interesting because i think one of the smartest things Demois does, even though Haley Bieber knows her identity, supposedly, 
is that she keeps it anonymous. So we won't have that satisfaction of seeing where Dumas is 15 years from now. Yeah, we are being denied of our opportunity to get a, a video of Dumois crying about getting banned from TikTok <laughs> for bullying teens. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if Dumois was on Dancing with the Stars and they just blacked out her face? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, um, you're not, and you're not Dumois, just to clarify, right? I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh my God. Okay, we'll put you in the maybe list. Were you able to get a reservation at Carbone uh, because of this article? Uh, unfortunately, no, I did put out a social media call. If anyone has the secret reservations email, please share it with me uh, for the journalism. And you got uh, no, nothing happened because of that. No, no payola at all to my extreme disappointment. Now, uh, what, uh, anything in the, uh, the Twitter alerts today, what are the next articles? Do you have your eyes always on three or four projects at once? I do. I do. I have um, kind of a big story coming up that I would love to come back and talk to you about. I can tell you a little more. I tell you, I you I would put you on weekly if you, I mean, like I, I geek, I'm like, I'm your big, I'm, I told Sandra who books, I was like, uh, you weren't feeling good. I was like, just get her on, just get her on. Cause I really, <laughs> I was like, I geek out. Of, and this is, you're the type of author that we all need to be reading. Like this is, do you feel pressure uh, on that at all? Not because of me, but do you feel pressure on to keep that, to find the right story to keep, like how much do you think about your career progression? uh, And does that trip you up sometimes? Uh, no pressure outside of your daily tasks asking when the <laughs> what's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, uh, I, you know, I love what I do and I'm fortunate enough to kind of be able to chase the stories that interest me. So it's really, a, it's, it, I, I feel like the scammer because if I weren't getting paid to do this, I would probably be doing it for free. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm very fortunate. Um, where are you? What are you watching on TV right now? I know you've dipped your toes into Housewives over the years. What mm-hmm. are you caught up on? What have you, what do you watch right now? I mean, I watch everything on Bravo. I'm working my way through Peacock. Uh, Real Housewives of Miami was a delight. To Wasn't have it great? Wasn't it? I mean, the re and by the way, the two part reunion, folks, I keep telling you guys this, but it really is worth checking out. What a great reunion when you compare it and contrast it to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake reunion. Mm -hmm. It was like it was sleek at only two episodes. You got back to just like personal interchange between the women that doesn't involve uh, crimes, you know, (laughs) only like maybe crimes of fashion, but not not anything that we can like put somebody in jail for. And mm-hmm. it was just really refreshing to see what I think Housewives was initially built on with Miami. Very successful. Yeah. And it was just fun to watch. I got to say, like the best love story I've ever seen on Bravo was that. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking uh, on Adriana and, uh, and, and Martina Natratilova's, uh, wife. wife. That's that. Yeah. I know she has, <laughs> I, a name, I, that I know she has her name and I always call her Martina. <laughs> I, you know what guys, I don't learn names until the second season of these shows usually. Um, but they actually just announced they were picking it up for season two. So I, I think it was just great. And, and what I love about it is that it's like still kind of underground. We're not the, you know, it's going to air on actual Bravo uh, coming up, but I love that it's still underground enough. So you feel like if you're on board now, you're like, you're in, you're in a cool group. Like you're, you're, you're at the beginning of something, even though it was, uh, you know, on in 2012 as well. Uh, <laughs> Real Housewives of Salt Lake. What did you think of that? I kind of walked out of it feeling very soulless. It felt very, um, I, I felt I did. I just, I was like I, all of the, they, they could have done the best season ever and it ended just, I was so confused. 
I know it's incredible that this is a season with an alleged cult leader and a woman under federal indictment. And those were like the most boring parts of the season. Um, Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about like Beverly Hills that season. We had a through line in terms of Erica Jane. Like there was a through line that we took from the beginning to the end and they use it really successfully. It was like a Michael Bay blockbuster, you know, and then Salt Lake, we headed into that thinking like, oh my God, this will be that on steroids because Jen is actually the person involved. It's not Tom Girardi. And the FBI was on camera. I mean, but (laughs) Homeland Security is there and we still at the end, Jen ended up, one of the best performances ever just because Jen ended up, I thought she was the dumbest for agreeing to do it. And at the end she was just like, Oh, okay. She like, it's Jen's show now. Like it's Jen's show. hundred percent. And you had it right earlier when you were saying her demeanor, by the end of it, she had me questioning like, Oh, maybe, maybe could she be innocent? (laughs) (laughs) Well, but then I was thinking allegedly, if you look at her crimes, you would have to be extremely charming, extremely convincing, extremely like, you know, there are certain qualities that we can look at from all of these people that, you know, you look at patterns of behavior that you're like, okay, this person has this, this person also has this, you know, it's like some of the richest people I've worked for seems to have like, just like bizarre qualities that I was like, wow, it's weird. These people all have the same qualities and how they handle life. And I think the same thing with potential scammers is that you have to be extreme. Like you have to make somebody feel good about themselves. You, I mean, you have Heather Gay fighting over Jen Shaw's love. Mm-hmm. I, I just found that such an interesting thing. I was like, Heather, like, and also it's one thing to stand up for your friend, but it's another thing for that friend to like be okay with you looking bad for them. Like at a certain and- point, I kept thinking like Jen knows that Heather looks really bad for this and she's just letting her do it. Yeah. And for the second season in a row, Heather's line is like, I defend you through everything, even though you are a terrible friend to me, <laughs> me so poorly. Um, so I think, yeah, Heather might have a bit of a, a savior complex. But, but, we uh, all, but we all have that friend, right? We like, I, we all have that toxic friend that some of us are still in that relationship with, or some of us got out and you don't realize how toxic until years later. And you're like, oh my God, cause you're just so, you're so enraptured. You will be willing, you're willing to do anything for them because you think they're so persecuted, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you know, this, it's funny, this season, it's only the second season. I feel like I've been watching the show for 20 years. It, it just doesn't end. I mean, I'm so thankful there wasn't a Secrets Revealed episode, but I was just like, I mean, I feel like we've watched seasons change with this season and it was, it was just David Lynchian. Like I, I I thought I was, it like felt like such a fever dream throughout certain parts of this. Mm -hmm. And I kind of left not wanting to see any of these ladies ever again. Although I will say my biggest unanswered question from the season uh, is I want to know why I'm so, I'm so bad with all of their names. Um, Meredith, Meredith's breastplate. No, yes. I have a lot of questions about that, (laughs) but uh, why Meredith was so loyal to. Uh, Oh, uh, to, to Mary. Mary. Yeah. Yeah. That was never really fully explained or or gone into. And then, and I don't, I mean, Mary didn't go to the, I mean, we, we were in a season where Mary didn't even go to the reunion and it was just like, okay. And Bravo did an interesting thing where they let Jenny and Dewey uh, have a little moment about, uh, about some things. And then they cut every one of Jenny's reaction shots to the ladies. They Mm -hmm. cut, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, great. Yeah. Get, get her out. But I found it very interesting. That was obviously a choice by the third part of the reunion and they're already filming season three. And I think the production company of course was aware that Jen Shaw was supposed to go on trial this month. Mm -hmm. And, 
And now they've pushed it back. Uh, you know, the court system pushed it back. And now I'm like, oh, great. So now we just have to watch the same thing again. Yeah. You know, it's funny, the, the proliferation of, of scammer stories that are getting told before the court cases resolve, um, as we were kind of talking about before, I, more than anything, it really encapsulates uh, how slow our legal system is. That's what's frustrating. I mean, it really, is, it really is incredibly frustrating because, like, essentially, now they think it's like, well, even if it happens in July, like, it could mm-hmm. get pushed again. And all it's giving is Jen... Like I felt like at times Bravo gave Jen Shaw a free commercial to plead a, ca- a plead a case that she never really pled, but to mm-hmm. make herself look good and win in the eyes of the public. I mean, she just put on sale a ten piece collection, uh, free Jen Shaw, a Jen Shaw satin basket, uh, baseball jacket, mm-hmm. and I was like, do I need one of those? Like, I mean, like I even got confused, but it it gives them this chance to keep making money to keep. I don't know. Like there was something. That that hit differently than even the Erica Jane with this one for me, where I was like, I don't know if I feel great about what's happening. Yeah, it's almost like a second thought. Like uh, it's not it's not focused on for the truth of the crime, right? You don't have cast members trying to figure out what really happened in the same way that I think they treated the Erica Jane situation, where each one was, you know, having their own investigation running concurrent to the season. Uh, with Jen, it was more like she denied it and they were like, OK, let's move on to the next, you know, minor social disagreement. And they kind of just it's, left it there. It's like Seth likes boob cakes. Let's focus <laughs> on that. Um, uh, we have word now Real Houses of Beverly Hills is returning in May. Are you emotionally prepared to pick up where we left off? There was very little break in between the end of this season and shooting of the new one that we're about to see. Uh, are you ready for this? Usually we have to wait four or five more months to get a new season of Beverly Hills and we're getting it in May. And this Erica Jane machine potentially is going to start up again. Um, uh, you know, are we doing, are we doing these things to back to back, you know, with the rage of the internet? It is, it's a lot. Um, you know, I'm not that excited about it, but I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah, like it feels like a job at this point. Well, I mean, it is like my job, but it, but it really does feel like you're like, oh man, I got so like, I, I was losing years on my life by the end of that thing. Cause I was, and now in retrospect, I'm like, wow, it, it looked like the Beverly Hills ladies grilled Erica compared to what they did to Jen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's not um, that enjoyable to watch anymore. Uh, maybe because it's so commonplace. So like thrill of like, oh, this person has been accused of something. What's going to happen now? Every franchise has their own, uh, their own alleged yeah. criminal. Do you, do you watch Summer House? I do. Yeah. And you've probably been to the Hamptons multiple times. So you get to actually see where this stuff goes down. I actually went to a Summer House party uh, before the pandemic. Wait, wait, was this last season with, uh, no, pre-pandemic. So it was two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Which party uh, was it? It was not the Fourth of July party, maybe. Um, did, Carl, did Carl Radke hit on you? No, no. He was a gentleman. Uh they all were actually, it was, but it was very fun to kind of see it um, filmed because it really is like it's a wild party and you forget that cameras are there, uh, which is kind <laughs> and of And the wild. camera guys are dressed up in the party year too, usually. Yes. And they will come out of nowhere. Um, I went with a friend who was having a conversation with Kyle and, you know, they're all mic'd, So the producers know what's going on and out of nowhere. And, and it was behind her back. So she didn't even realize all of a sudden the camera's there and the boom mic is lowering over their conversation. They very, they really are stealth. It is impressive to watch in action. 
Oh my gosh, that's uh, that's a bucket list thing for me. But for you as a serious writer, when a camera goes on you on stuff like that, are you like walking away? You're like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> is this something that you would welcome, or is this something like, no, no, no? I'd I'd prefer not to be on somewhere else. Uh, I like to experience it, but not to uh, be in the mix. Um, yeah. I always thought the best the best possible situation is to be famous in name only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think you're well on your way. What is the thing that you're most, you said sometimes Bravo feels like a job, which I totally agree with. What is the thing right now that you watch or listen or read that you're like, I'm excited every time I get to watch this or listen to this. Is there something that does that for you that uh, right now in pop culture? Uh, well, always the band Fish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wait, did you see the um, the Mexico footage when uh, Dave Matthews came on and sang with you better believe I did. Yeah. Wait, how many angles. have you gone to more shows than Austin Kroll? Um, I don't know what his number is, but I'm at about 50. So Whoa. yes. Wait. And you know what? I actually have a bone to pick with Austin because I watched Winter House and he was telling Lindsay that he couldn't be blamed for telling her <laughs> that he loved her because he was at a fish show. But there wasn't. They canceled New Year's that year. So it wasn't it online. Wasn't it online that he was like in his room? Was. This year, but last year, the year he was referring to, they didn't. That's the one year they didn't play a New Year's show. So either and they showed pics of him dressed as the. They showed him dressed as the Joker, and I was like, (laughs) Oh no, no, no! But um, wait, did you ever go to the New Year's shows for Fish? Yeah, yeah, I'm a a regular attendee. I love that. That's awesome. Um, I just watched a Fish documentary a couple months ago that was shot like, I think it was like 20 years ago. I forgot, Mm -hmm. but it was like really, cause I wasn't aware of uh, the, the legend of the band or the myth of the band of of these guys together. And I just, uh, I was like, Oh, cool. So they're on my list uh, of shows to definitely see. Cause I saw my first dead and company show uh, on Halloween. And uh, it was, it was (laughs) like, it was incredible. No, but I just, I love communities of fans, but then you see it and you're like, Oh, I get this. Like I get, I get that everybody loves it. Cause it's like this bubble you have to protect over something really pure. And then you get to see people really like having experiences throughout the show. Um, I would, I would love to take you to a fish show. If yes. You're, when you're Wait, by the way, you, were, you came to LA and you didn't even look, you, you came to LA and you didn't even look me up. I did. I messed up because I booked my trip at the end of February and I thought I was staying for longer than I was. I forgot February only has 28 days. But I will be back oh, no. soon. It was. It was. I'm going to take I'm you just, to lunch, and I'm going to take I'm giving you, to you fish. Giving, giving you a hard time. Um, uh, Gabrielle Bluestone, really, truly, one of my favorite authors out there right now. You guys got to go support her. Uh, I know she's on Instagram, but she doesn't really, you know, do a lot on her Instagram. Where's the best place that we can always get updated about your work? Um, Instagram or Twitter. You know, I, I'll, anytime I have a story come out, I'll post a link. And then I'll always repost it on my story, probably because <laughs> I'm a geek like that. But seriously, we gotta Ryan. support this kind of stuff. Um, but thank you so much for taking time out to to do this with us again today. And I hope you'll you'll keep coming back. The first of many, I hope. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Five, four. Betches.